It's the Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound mm, Kitchen. Yummy. And Susan Owensby's cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 18th of February, the 49th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 316 days left for us all to do something useful in 2023. Today is Independence Day in the Gambia, which had been a colony of the British Empire, don't you know, since 1765. They gained their independence in 1965. The Gambia is in West Africa and is almost completely surrounded by Senegal. Its western coast, however, is on the Atlantic Ocean. It's the smallest country within mainland Africa, and its capital is Banjul. English is the only official language because there are so many ethnic groups in the country, each with its own language and traditions. Many Gambians also speak French, which is the official language in many of the countries in West Africa. Approximately 96% of the population identify as Sunni Muslim, but the Gambia's constitution protects the rights of citizens to practice any religion that they choose. And the music. Ah, the music. The kora is the instrument you think of when you think of traditional Gambian music. You're listening to one right now. It's lovely, isn't it? The kora is built from a gourd, cut in half and covered with cow skin. It typically has 21 strings, which are played by plucking with the fingers. It's somewhere between a lute and a harp and is closely associated with the griot the traditional storytellers and musicians of West Africa who are exclusively men. The kora player you're listening to right now, however, is a woman, the Gambian Sona Jobarte. She fuses traditional music with Western music and I think quite successfully. Do you? Happy Independence Day, Gambia! This is the Sound Kitchen, <laughs> where you never know what you'll be served. My radio brothers are with me. Erwan Rome is behind the glass window in front of us at the control room. Hey, Erwan. And I've got the sweet Fitz, otherwise known as Michael Fitzpatrick, right here next to me, raring to go with your delicious Sound Kitchen ingredients. Your answers to the bonus question on the Listener's Corner. And today, in solidarity with Erwin, who, on the other side of the glass, cannot say anything, I'm going to make a silent gesture of hello. And he did. There's music from Erwin, too, but... Are you ready? I do hope so. And I hope so, too, because it's... Time for the quiz. On the 21st of January, I asked you a question about our article... Paris to hold public vote on continuing e-scooter rental services. The fans of the e-scooters praise them as a fast, non-polluting alternative to cars or crowded public transport, to quote our article. 
but there are many non-fans as well. The riders often ride on the sidewalk, which is forbidden. They can go really fast. And there have been some pretty bad accidents that have severely hurt pedestrians. Due to the many complaints, Paris Mayor Anne Hidalgo scheduled a referendum on whether the rental e-scooters will continue to be available in Paris. You were to answer these two questions. When will the referendum be held? And what will Parisians be asked? Michael, what's the answer? Well, the referendum is scheduled for April the 2nd. And Anne Hidalgo said Paris residents will be asked a very simple question. Do we or do we not continue with free-floating rental scooters? Well, in addition to the quiz question, there was, of course, the bonus question, which this week was, where is the best place to be in springtime? You'll hear the answers later on The Listener's Corner, so do stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI Listener's Club member Dipita Chakrabarti from New Delhi, India. Dipita is also the winner of this week's bonus question, where is the best place to be in spring? For Dipita, it's at her mother's in Kolkata. As she wrote, as a real foodie, I like to enjoy the abundant local delicacies in Bengal during the season. Ripe delicious mangoes, mango pickle, hilsa fish curry, and sweet meat sandesh made from date palm jaggery are my favorites. Besides these mouth-watering foods is my mother's love and care that makes spring so special in Kolkata. Well, greet your mother for us, Dipita. And congratulations. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are RFI Listeners Club members Father Stephen Wara from Baminda, Cameroon. Hey, Father Steve. And Renita Rini from Munchigaj, Bangladesh. Last but not least, RFI English listeners Wan Shi Shunju from Guangdong Province in China. And Shili Katun from Siranganj, Bangladesh. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. I have an environmental question for you today. On Tuesday, the European Parliament approved a ban on new sales of carbon-emitting petrol and diesel cars to be in place by 2035. You already know that, of course, because you read our article... EU to ban fossil fuel car sales by 2035 slash truck and bus emissions, right? I want you to reread our article and answer me this. What is the percentage of CO2 emissions that cars are responsible for in the European Union right now? Again, reread our article, EU to ban fossil fuel car sales by 2035 slash truck and bus emissions and send in your answer to this question. What is the percentage of CO2 that cars are responsible for today across the EU? You'll find our article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Michael, what's this week's bonus question? This week's query was suggested by Salim Akhtar Chadar, the president of the RFI Seven Stars Radio Listeners Club in District Chiniot, Pakistan. 
Salim and the rest of us here would like to know what is your favourite drink, the thing you must have every day? What is your favourite drink? Milk? Lemon juice? Guinness stout? What do you love to tipple? And if you don't, it seems as if your day is just not quite right. And remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so do send them right in. What do you like to drink, Susan? Milk. Cow milk. I love it. I could drink my weight in it, plus a little warmed up at night. It helps me sleep. And you, Sweet Fitz? I'm sorry to be so terribly predictable, but just line up those pints of Guinness and let me at them. (laughs) How did I know? You have until the 13th of March to get your answers in. Be sure to tune in on the 18th of March to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a ms, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336 31 12 That's plus 336 31 12 Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. It's EPOP time. The EPOP video competition is ready for your videos. The EPOP video competition is sponsored by the RFI department Planet Radio, the department whose mission is to give a voice to the voiceless. EPOP focuses on the environment and how climate change has affected ordinary people. You are to create a three-minute video about climate change, the environment, pollution, told by the people it affects. So put on your thinking caps and start filming. You don't need fancy video equipment to enter the competition. Your phone is fine. And you do not need to be a member of the RFI clubs to enter. Everyone is welcome. And by the way, the prizes are incredibly generous. Go to the EPOP page, epop.network en, to read about past competitions, watch past videos, and read the regulations for your entry. You can also write to us at the Sound Kitchen at rfi.fr and we'll forward your email to Planet Radio. Again, the EPOP information page is at epop.network en. That's epop.network en. The competition closes on the 20th of March, so get to work. We expect to be bombarded with entries from the English speakers. And now more from and about you. It's time for the Listener's Corner. Take it away, Michael. Well, today you'll hear the answers to the bonus question, where is the best place to be in spring? Salahin An Nahayan wrote, spring is everyone's favourite season. I love to travel in spring to the mountains, to the sea, 
but my favourite place is Bandarban in southeast Bangladesh. I want to spend the springtime walking with my friends, sharing stories and happy feelings. May this loving feeling of spring remain forever. Amin, Salahin. For Jayanta Chakrabarti, it's Srinagar, the capital of the Indian state of Kashmir. Because, as Ajayantha writes, the invigorating pleasant weather, mesmerizing landscape, friendly people and colorful festivities. There are the Blue Hills, the Dal Lake, the Shalimar Gardens. In the evening, I can taste the delicious Kashmiri cuisine of Rogan Josh, one of my favorites. And the icing on the cake is to join the locals in the celebration of Baishiki, the chic new year, with all its gaiety. For Radhakrishna Pillai, it's the mountains. The spring, Radhakrishna wrote, is perfect for hiking and nature walks. It brings happiness and joy all around. Our minds are more creative and our bodies are filled with energy. And, of course, that old Francophile Father Steve Wara picks France. He calls spring in France one single beautiful postcard. Arna Tim likes to walk in the forests close to his home, where he notes there is a lot of birdsong, fresh smells, and the beauty of flowers. It's so nice. Malik Ala Bachaya Kokar chooses the spring festival on the Lahore Canal in Pakistan, where colourful floats are lit up at night. And Diwan Rafikul Islam votes for Mukeshahli in the Cox's Bazaar district of Bangladesh, which is the only hilly island in Bangladesh, apparently. For Sadman Asari or Shahib, it's Mastangar, the ancient capital of the Pundra Kingdom. It's the oldest archaeological site in Bangladesh, dating from 300 years before the current era. Here's a wish for where to be in spring. It's from our good friend Hans Werner Lolica. He wrote, I once met a man who went to Madeira, Portugal, every spring. He told me it's almost paradise. I haven't made it so far, but I've not given up. Well, remember everyone, this week's bonus question is, what is your favorite drink, the tipple that you just must have every day? And if you have a bonus question, idea, send it to us at The Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating, and a special thanks to Sweet Fits for hanging out in the kitchen with us. As always, you're more than heartily welcome. Hello, everyone. I am Umayman from Pakistan, and you are listening to The Sound Kitchen on Radio France International One more word before we go. Be sure and check out the club's Facebook pages. There are links to them on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, because there are loads of wonderful photos from radio clubs celebrating World Radio Day. Sultan Sarkar, the president of the Shetu RFI fan club in Nalgaon, Bangladesh, has posted the winners of the quiz contest his club held too, so be sure and check it out. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining us in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to our sound engineer, Erwan Rome, for his input and his expertise in putting the show together, and thanks to you for listening.
Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about women serving in Sierra Leone's government. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch and stay safe, my friends. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's also a musician. He plays the conga drums. And this week, Erwan is taking us to Mongolia. How about that? Mongolia is a landlocked country in East Asia, bordered by Russia to the north and China to the south. Do the names Genghis Khan and Kublai Khan sound familiar? They were both Mongols, founders of important Mongol dynasties. Erwan is introducing us today to two things Mongolian. One, their national instrument called the Morin Kur, included on UNESCO's Masterpieces of the Oral and Intangible Heritage of Humanity list. And two, their traditional form of singing called kume, which is also on the intangible cultural heritage list. Let's start with the instrument, the morinkur, or the horse fiddle, called that because the top of the instrument is carved into the form of a horse's head. It's very beautiful. The instrument itself is a trapeze form, wooden framed box with two strings made from a horse's tail. The Morin Kur is held upright on the player's lap and is played with a bow loosely strung with horsehair. The singing. I warn you, it's weird, at least to my Western ears. When I first listened, I thought, the man is sick. But no, 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 not at all. It's called throat singing and is meant to imitate sounds of nature. The Kumai singer produces two distinct vocal sounds, a continuous drone to which he adds, at the same time, a melody. I imagine it's very hard to do. Kumai is believed to have been learned from birds, whose spirits are central to Mongolian shamanic practices. So how about that for something new to know? Erwan chose a well-known Mongolian Kumai singer and Morinkur player, Batsorig Vanchig. The piece is called Alten Magtal and is a hymn to the beauty of the mountains and fertile pastures of the Altai region in western Mongolia, where Kumai singing originated. Open your ears and marvel. And thanks again, Erwan, for yet another musical adventure. Talk to you all next week. Da, da, da,
Hey. 